Well, good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Wealth Guardians radio program. Bryce is with me today here in studio, and uh, we are comfortably set in December, the last month of 2020. Christmas is upon us. Is it too early for me to say ho, ho, ho? (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't quite it. (laughs) Let's hear your best ho, 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 Doug. Uh, Humbug, humbug. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's you. I think that's That's, actually quite spot on. (laughs) 2020, humbug, humbug. (laughs) Ho, 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 everybody out there. Hope you're having a good holiday season thus far. This is the Wealth Guardians radio show. So thank you for taking a little bit of your day and tuning in to hear what we might have to say in the world of retirement planning. I am Bryce Payne. I'm in chair two. Doug is over there in chair one. If you were listening last week, then you scolded you a little, didn't I? Get that one. Yes, you did. So, uh, Doug, who do we want to give a tip of the hat to this week before we get started? You know, I tell you what, uh, everybody, this has been such Ah. a year. Everybody gets a tip of the hat. If you're living and breathing, you get a tip of the hat. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Very good. But, you know, as we always do, we do give a special tip of the hat to our men and women in uniform out there because you guys do make the sacrifices so that the rest of us may live our lives in a uh, peaceful, stable world. And uh, you've had your work cut out for you this year. So thank you for all that you do. A special tip of the hat to you all as well. And uh, you all tuned in on a good day because this is our uh, questions, uh, our listener questions of the month episodes. So we've got some questions coming out there from around the area. People who are uh, preparing for retirement and they want to pick our brains on a little bit of wisdom. So you all out there listening will uh, benefit from this uh, as well. So Doug, let's go ahead and dive right into it here. Sure, let's do. Harold is writing us and he says, uh, Doug and Bryce, and this is Harold in Danville. Hi, Harold. I'm still working and I plan to work for at least another two years. All right. But I am now old enough to start taking my Social Security without being limited on how much income I can earn. So that must mean that you are either 66 or 67. Is this a recommended strategy to take Social Security while still working? Well, Bryce, what is our favorite answer to a question like that? It depends. It depends. Every time it depends. (laughs) And one of the things it's going to depend on, and Doug, I'll let you chime in here as well, of course. But uh, Harold, if you don't need to take Social Security, if your income from your work is still enough for you to live on, and you think that you are going to be living a a normal length of life out there, then it probably makes sense, without us knowing all the details, it probably makes sense for you not to file if you don't need it. And the reason is, is that every year that you don't file for Social Security up until the age of 70, the benefit grows at 8%. And technically speaking, for every month that you don't file, it grows at one twelfth of 8%. There is no other guaranteed investment out there that Doug or I know of anyway that is guaranteed to grow at 8% at least a no-risk investment. So uh, if you can hold off on it, then it probably makes sense for you long-term to have just lived off of your uh, earned income and let that uh, let that puppy grow for a little bit. Doug, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, Bryce, uh, over the years, you and I have done literally thousands of Social Security optimization reports for our folks out there. And I love each and every one that we do. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, just about every single case says – Wait to take your Social Security benefits, but there's always an exception to that rule. Some outliers, yeah. And and it's so important for for a guy like this, um, Harold, Harold, 
anybody really who's listening to to get that retirement plan done that we talk about all the time because the social security is an intricate piece of your retirement plan it has to be interwoven with all the other moving parts that you have your 401ks your iras your roths that kind of stuff so uh, it all works together folks and it's amazing if you do the right social security filing strategy what it does in terms of lengthening your investable assets over your lifespan. Yeah, how long, they, how long they last or how much you have left at a certain age. Absolutely. So, Harold, uh, as we uh, started off your answer, it depends. Most often, it would be if you don't need to file for them, don't file for them until age 70. But there are outlying cases that uh, might be an exception to that. So in order for us to give you a definitive answer, please give us a call at 336-391-3409, and we'd be happy to set up a time to talk with you about that. Thank you for the question, Harold. Doug, we're going to move on now to Randall, who comes from us in our own backyard, and Clemens here. And Randall says... Doug and Bryce, as I've researched different financial licenses and designations, it seems that many of them are similar, but they also have their differences. Is there a particular license or designation I should be looking for in an advisor? Doug, you are you and I are both RICP certified, but you're more familiar. You've also got the uh, chartered financial consultant. Uh, talk to us about uh, the different designations out there. Yeah, that's actually a really good question. Um, it is. Know, I would tell you, if, if you are looking at an advisor who has designations after their, after their last name, that, number one, shows you that that particular advisor has a desire to continue to learn above and beyond what's required just to get a license to sell a product. Very true. Now, yeah, there's some uh, designations out there that have a higher – What's the word I'm trying to use? Pecking order, I guess, or more you, weight to more it. More weight, uh, more academic rigor. And there's also designations that are specific to a certain type of practice. Uh, you know, we specialize in retirement planning. You mentioned RICP. Uh, that's Retirement Income Certified Professional. You have to take the courses from the American College, pass those to, to get that. It's, it is specifically focused on retirement planning. And you have to keep it up, too, as most of these designations. You uh, almost to. all of them you have to do uh, continuing education for. But some of the main ones you want to look for are the uh, Certified Financial Planner, CFP, Chartered Financial Consultant, essentially the same thing as a CFP. You know, the RICP, as I mentioned, CLU, Chartered Life Underwriter, that's a good one. CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. Now, that one is a designation that typically you only find Wall Street analysts get. And it's a, a very rigorous uh, designation to get. I would put it up there with a CPA. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at least uh, if you find an advisor who has some initials after their last name, they're serious about their craft. And that's just the way I would put it. You know, it's uh, I've gathered a few over the years, and Bryce is gathering some as we speak. So uh, good question, though. Yeah, thank you, uh, Randall. We appreciate that, and thank you for listening. Okay, yeah. Doug, let's talk about – you've got something else in your hand Yeah, here. I do. Uh, you sent me last night – you texted me this, uh, this chart, which I, I thought was very interesting. We were talking a moment ago about retirement planning, but it's about this fellow who um, – has a, a $500,000 IRA, he's 60 years old, and we talk about RMDs. Well, over his life expectancy, he will pay taxes on just the RMD of that account of $210,000. 
Assuming what tax bracket does that assume he's in? That assumes he's in the 25% tax bracket. Okay. So if he converted that to a Roth IRA. So you said, let's back up just for a second. So you said he would pay, if he left it in an IRA and did no Roth conversion with it, he would have paid how much in taxes? $210,000. Off of 500000 Okay, yeah. 210 off of 500 yeah. if he left it in an IRA. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So if if he converts it to, to a Roth, he'll pay $125,000 in taxes, but never again pay taxes on distributions from that Roth. Right, because Roth is now completely tax-free after that point. So 125000 compared to 210000 It's, you know, we talk about doing Roth conversions all the time on this program, and we talk to it about with our clients all the time because it just really uh, makes a lot of sense if you think taxes will be higher in the future but that chart just brings it home i mean you know it spells it out in in black and white how much money you're going to pay in taxes just on the rmd in your life expectancy yeah so if you can clean those taxes off early it's going to be a hit for you in the year that you do it obviously but Looking ahead 10, 15 years or so, that's when the tax payoffs really start uh, start working in your favor. So, folks, that is just one of the many things that we look at and work with in long-term tax and financial planning for you. So if that is something that uh, makes sense to you, we're going to tell you right now how to uh, get a hold of us, 336-391-3409. So I'm guessing maybe a question or two here struck a chord with you. Maybe there's something we didn't cover that's on your mind, but uh, if you've got that burning financial question and you're wondering if we can help, then... Yeah, if, if any of these things that we've talked about are ringing true to you, I encourage you, Doug encourages you to give us a call. You don't have to do it right now. You can do it right now. Joy's standing by. But uh, we love hearing from our listeners, and many of you just have a simple question, and sometimes we end up being able to help you put together that absolutely full-blown financial plan that is invaluable to you. And, and we're here to help you gain more confidence in your financial plan. But the caveat is that we can't reach out to you. You have to reach out to us to start the conversation. So give us a call. Do it right now. Just leave a voicemail. Just let us know what's on your mind. Let us know if you're interested in having that complimentary financial review we talk about. And we're going to call you back on Monday, and uh, we'll schedule that visit. So when you come in, here's what you can expect. In addition to spending time getting to know each other, we're going to analyze your current portfolio. We're going to run a fee report showing you what costs you actually are incurring. We're going to analyze your current portfolio for risk. And we're also going to show you what inflation's impact on your plan is now and 20 to 30 years down the road. And if you haven't considered the impact of taxes on retirement, then we're going to make sure your new plan takes the possibility of likely rising taxes seriously. This is how you can get much more accurate look at your financial and retirement health. And it's how you get answers to those burning questions that are on your mind. Yeah, all you got to do, folks, is give us a call, 336-391-3409. It's 336-391-3409. You can also visit us online at thewealthguardians.com. Now, we're quickly coming up on a break here. Doug, here's our trivia question. Uh-oh. On December 7th, 1787, the first state ratified the U.S. Constitution. Which state was it? Folks, stick around. See if you know the answer to that. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Ho, 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 and welcome back to the Wealth Guardians radio show. You've got Doug Ray in Chair 1 and Bryce Payne demoted to Chair 2 here. 
Uh, thank you for sticking around through the break, folks. And just as a quick reminder who we are, for anyone out there listening, if you're five to seven years from retirement and you want to confirm that you're making the best decision for retirement, well, I've got good news, good holiday news for you. We offer a no-cost, no-obligation second review so you can understand and learn how to retire the job yet keep the paycheck. All you got to do is pick up the phone device, 336-391-3409 are the numbers you want to punch into that in that order, 336-391-3409. Now, before the break, we asked a trivia question of you. That trivia question was, on December 7th, 1787, the first state ratified the U.S. Constitution. Which state was it? Doug? Do you have any idea which state was? I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going okay. to give you a clue. It wasn't Hawaii. Yeah, no. I guess not. It became a state after I was born. Pure guess. New Hampshire. Uh, you're close. Uh, geographically, you're okay. close. It's on the East Coast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Delaware. And Delaware, folks, okay. I know that some of you out there listening probably came here from Delaware, as people do tend to come south in their later years from the north. And you probably knew that answer. And you also know that that's why its nickname is the first state. So we're the first in flight down here in North Carolina, but that was the first state, and that is why it's called the first state. A couple other little interesting facts about this that I have learned while digging these uh, this up here. The U.S. Constitution, Doug, is 4,400 words long. It is the oldest and the shortest written constitution in existence. Hmm. All right, that's pretty cool. Uh, did you know that Pennsylvania is spelled wrong in the Constitution. They spelled it with one N. No, I did not know that. So I wonder if there's actually a little controversy if the Pennsylvania with two N's is actually a a state because of that. So here's another bit of trivia since you mentioned North Carolina's first in flight. Did you know that I am related to the Wright brothers? No way. Both of them? Both of them. (laughs) Both of them. Yeah, my grandmother was a Wright. Is that right? Mm -hmm. No no pun on words intended there. How about that? Well, Mm. that is... uh, that is cool. Now, you know, folks, Bryce is sitting in chair number two, and he makes light of it. But let me tell you something. That's that's an important job. Chair this is number the producer. two. This is the producer. He chair. runs the board and the computer and talks at the same time. <laughs> I just need to give him a stick of gum. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. No, that's, that's asking too much of me. So uh, here, here we go. Two other, a couple other little facts about the Constitution. Uh, did you know? I did not know this. That Thomas Jefferson was in France at the time as a um, a U.S. minister, and uh, John Adams was in the U.K. at the time as a U.S. Uh, delegate minister. So neither of them signed the Constitution. Interesting. I had no idea about that. Now, what day is Constitution Day? Do you know that? Oh, gosh. It is not July 4th. No, it's not. Um, I don't know. It's September 17th, and that marks the day that the framers signed it. So, all right. Well, very good, folks. Delaware. That's my wife's birthday. Is it? Hmm? Oh, so she's a framer. Hmm? She's a framer. Very good. All right. Well, let's um, go ahead now and move on to the rest of our uh, very important listener questions out there. And coming to us now is Katrina, and Katrina's in Burlington. Hi, Katrina. She says, Doug and Bryce, my husband isn't inclined to do any retirement planning because he says he's just going to keep working. Is this mindset okay? I guess I'm worried about what happens if he can't keep working, even if he wants to. So what Katrina wants here, Doug, is a plan B, it sounds like, if plan A doesn't work out and uh, Katrina's husband sees no need for a plan B. Well, you know, we tell everybody, you know, you're going to know when when time comes to, to retire. 
Now, he may very well have a job that he loves and may be able to do, perform well in his 70s, even 80s. I know there's a lot of financial advisors who are working in their 80s. But at some point, you better have at least an alternative plan. It wouldn't hurt. It does not hurt. You know, I mean, we do these plans for you folks free of charge with no obligation. No cost, no obligation yeah. is what we say. So, uh, so the, only, the, only, the only investment that you, Katrina, and your husband would be making is some free time to come over here and go through our meeting process. Granted, it's not just one meeting. It's not one and done. This takes some time. So you would be investing your time into it. But uh, if your husband likes working, power to him, great. But almost everybody stops working at some point, unless they're passing away unexpectedly. They'd stop working at some point, no matter how much they love the job. And it's a really smart idea to have a plan when that case happens. So yeah, you can give us a call 336-391-3409. Doug doesn't bite. I don't bite. And we would be happy to sit down and uh, let you know kind of what that plan B might look like for you and how you might be able to improve that plan B should it ever come around. So thank you for your question, Katrina, and uh, talk some sense into your husband and uh, come in and uh, sit down with us. All right, Doug, our next question comes from Barrett in High Point. And Barrett says, hi, Doug and Bryce. Hi, Barrett. I am worried about what 2021 is going to bring after how crazy 2020 was. Okay, you are not alone in that, Barrett, I assure you. Is there a way I can stay out of the craziness of the market and still get prepared for retirement? And before we answer that question, Barrett, that's a great question. I'm going to, Doug, you know how every year we welcome in the new year and we're so happy to see the old year gone every year, whether it was 1980, Mm -hmm. 1990, 2000, whatever. We're like, oh, finally get out of here that year. And then halfway through the next year, we're kind of excited to see the, you know, oh, wait, I'm ready for the new year to begin. Yeah. And you're thinking, last year wasn't that bad. How bad is 2021 going to be if we're looking halfway through the year and saying, boy, I wish 2020 was back? (laughs) That's scary. Oh, my God. I don't even want to think about that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Doug Barrett, uh, is there a way that uh, Barrett can stay out of the craziness of the market and still get prepared for retirement? Short answer is yes. Yeah, Barrett, go buy a couple hundred acres up in North Dakota. See ya. <laughs> okay. And uh, no, all that's not necessarily our our exact recommendation to you, Barrett. Uh, no. Really, I mean, we don't know what 21 is going to bring. Hopefully, it's going to be a better year than 20. I, I just can't imagine it being worse. But fact of the matter is, you, you know, it, it is what it is. And you just got to uh, to meet it head on and, and be prepared. And that's what we talk about. Prior planning prevents, you know, what you say. Performance. Yes. I'm not going to say it on the radio. Yep, that's right. Uh, past performance. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Yeah, that's not what I was thinking about. But anyway, you got to have a plan. You, you just have to have a plan and, and be ready for all contingencies. If 21 is worse than 20, you got to be prepared for that. You know, our plans are prepared for that. We build our retirement plans based on bad years. That's what we do. I mean, we, we tell everybody you know, that we're building you a retirement plan that should another 2008 market downturn occur, and it will, right? right. then we're going to limit your downside. Our goal is to limit to around 9-10%. That's correct. And so because we're retirement planners, most of the people that come to us, Barrett, are in a similar stage of, of uh, mind as you, is they are not nearly as risky now 
as they were 10, 20 years ago, and they want to still obviously participate in the upside of the market, but they don't want to be susceptible to those double-digit losses like they were in the past. And so that is what we design our portfolios around, as Doug was saying. So the short answer, Barrett, is yes, there are ways to arrange your portfolio so that you do not have to endure the full craziness of the market. And we would love to be able to help you out with that. 336-391-3409 is all you got to do is to give us a call and set up a time to meet with us. Uh, Doug, I think we got time for another one here. This is Ellen in advance. And Ellen is coming to us and she says, Doug and Bryce, we have the opportunity to refinance our house at a lower interest rate, but the problem is that it would be a 15-year mortgage. And we only have five years left to pay now. We're 60 years old, and the idea of still having a house payment until we're 75 seems like a bad idea. What do you think? Well, first off, you don't have to use a 15-year mortgage. You can you can find a, a company that will reset your mortgage at, at five years if you want. But here's what you need to do first. You need to figure out what your costs are going to be to refinance right. versus the interest you're going to pay over the next five years. And if it's cheaper for you to refinance, then do so. If it isn't, then just continue to pay your mortgage and then pay it ahead. If you can, pay some ahead, maybe pay it off in four years or three years. Absolutely. And, Doug, I want to stop on the first sentence that you said there because I find when people come into us and they they ask us some of these uh, planning questions, should I pay this off, should I take out another HELOC or whatnot – most people are not aware of that first sentence that you did, that if you've got five years left on a mortgage, they don't want to refi because they think they automatically have to start off at a bare minimum of 15 years. Mm-hmm. Folks, you do not have to do that. There, You can customize a mortgage. If you've only got five years left, you can refi for another five years. And that makes it real easy, Doug, to tell how much those fees are going to cost them because yep. you're just doing an apples to apples comparison. Absolutely. If you're doing a five to 15 years, then you're not comparing apples to apples and it's a little bit harder to do the math. But uh, uh, Ellen, yeah, that is absolutely. If you can lower that interest rate by at least a point, it, it can make a lot of sense, particularly if you're keeping the years the same. So uh, thank you for that question. We appreciate it. And if you'd like a fuller um, list of all the things that we can help you out with and to make sure that all the puzzle pieces are fitting, please give us a call, 336-391-3409. All right, one more is coming at us, Doug, from Steve. Steve is uh, writing us from Bermuda Run, and he says, Doug and Bryce, I have a variable annuity, okay, that seems to have a nice income guarantee associated with it, but I've heard several people say that variable annuities are usually a bad deal. What am I missing? Doug, we don't use variable annuities here at our firm. No, we don't uh, for a lot of reasons. Um, They have 100% of the downside risk as well as 100% of the upside potential. They're also loaded with fees. A lot of fees in those. Now, you're talking about your um, guaranteed uh, income account side of that variable annuity. You're paying a fee for that, probably as much as one, one quarter. One percent, at least. Percent, yeah. If you bought it for that reason in particular to, at some point in the future, turn that thing into a lifetime income or a pension, then you maybe made a good decision. If you bought it for other reasons, then maybe it's not such a good decision. You probably also ought to get a, you know, another opinion, a second opinion on it. You know, bring it in to us. We'll sit down and do a risk-alized report and a fee analysis on it for you. Got to bring in the whole statement, though. Yep, and um, and we'll analyze that income account and see if it makes any sense. Is it growing at five percent, six percent, four percent? You know. 
what are the fees on it, and uh, if there is a better option out there for you, Steve, then we can go over the uh, the pros and the cons of uh, 1035 in that or transferring that to another annuity. That's not something that is done commonly, that all of the pieces have to fit perfectly for that. We're not recommending that you just automatically go out there and do that. Right. There's a lot of things that you have to weigh in on that, and sometimes it just doesn't make sense to do that no matter how costly your variable annuity is now. But there are times where that does make sense, and if it does, you would certainly want to know that and make that decision uh, sooner than later. Uh, we appreciate the call, Steve. Doug, uh, one more time, our phone number is 336-391-3409. It's getting ever closer to Christmas. I hope you have a good weekend. And uh, are you having holiday, uh, family coming in for the holiday at all, Doug? Yeah, we are. We've got my younger son coming in, and uh, his uh, young lady's going to fly in Christmas Day, and we're going to have a nice little Christmas dinner. Very good. All right. I'm happy for you, and you and Sherry have happy holidays. Everyone else out there, stay safe, stay warm, and uh, ho, ho, ho. Thanks for tuning in.